Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We're so excited to see you here. Today we have a real treat for you with our panel of guest moms. And um, today we are going to get into some nitty gritty stuff because I think a lot of us um, picture that if we could only be the perfect mom, we would be like that woman on the red carpet with roses and just so elegant and everything is so smooth. But you know what? Even those roses, they grow in dirt and fertilizer. And we grow children through some fertilizer moments. And we're going to get into that nitty gritty today. But first, let's have our panel introduce themselves to you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, my name is Tony D'Annunzio. And I have been married this year 40 years to Dominic D'Annunzio. Um, I have three amazing, talented, gifted children, Stephen, who's 34, Gabby, who's 31, and Preston, who is 29. Um, I have attended BC for 20 years. And I have been on staff for the last 17. And um, I'm on the lead team here. And I'm Renee John Tony, and I am married to Frank, and we have three kids, though they're grown. Um, Kristen Cathers is my daughter. Um, she's my firstborn, and she's almost 33. I don't know if she wants me to say that or not, but um, my next daughter is 31, and then my son Matthew, who is 22. Um, I am a teacher at Champion High School, and I have been attending BC for 17 years. I'm Terry Zupo, and I've been married to my husband, Steve, for 10 years now. Um, we have two kids. Our son, Steven, you saw that video up there, crazy eating chocolate. Um, he's eight, and uh, my daughter, Izzy, is five. And um, I work here at BC. I am part of the Super Kids leadership team. And I've been here since 92, so 26 years. I was 11. <laughs> And my name is Stephanie Shaw. I'm married to Ruben. We've been married for almost 30 years now. We have three boys, uh, Ruben, who is 27, Tyler is 26, and Caleb is 17. Um, I run a nonprofit in the Valley, and I've been a member of BC for 17 years. And I'm Gina Caminetti. I'm Pastor Joe's wife. I have four adult children, Joe, Dave, Michelle, and Deanna. And I have two grandchildren, Joey and Riley. So we're happy, happy, happy. Now, as you know, parenting never is dull. It's many things, but never dull. So let's talk. Let's start out with some humor. What about some of the funny stuff? It had, uh, I had to take some time and think back because I'm in another season of my life. I'm now a grandmother, so I had to really take time to think about a funny story. But our youngest son is extremely creative. And um, we were only beginning to realize how creative he was. Um, and when he was in first grade, we had a Saturday morning where we were sitting down. And all of us had our breakfast bowls and our coffee cups. And we were getting ready to enjoy breakfast. So my husband and I put our sugar, when we used sugar at the time, um, into our coffee. And the other kids put sugar into their uh, cereal. And we all began, we blessed the food, and we began to eat. And all of a sudden, this look came over all of our eyes or our faces except for Preston's. And what he had done was he had removed the sugar from the sugar bowl and put salt in it. So we were the benefactors of his April Fool's joke, but that was just the beginning of understanding how creative that young man was. How about you, Renee? 
Okay, um, my funny story is when Kristen and Nikki were just maybe six and four, we used to have cassette tapes, so that ages me, but um, we used to have cassette tapes of all these little cute little um, Christian songs that they would sing, and one of them in particular was, I still remember it, um, I'm going to jump up, turn around, touch the ground, and praise my Lord. And um, they were really into it. I happened to have the video camera going, and I said, all right, you guys, let's do that. Let's document this, right? So I'm ready to go, and they start singing, and they're just singing their little hearts out, and then I don't remember who, but one of them starts pushing the other one, and the other one pushes back, and then pulling the hair, and pulling the hair, but they never missed a beat. They sang the whole song nonstop while they were brawling. It was quite humorous. Kind of sounds like church, am I right? No, just kidding. <laughs> How about you, Terry? Um, yes. Uh, my son, Stephen, he's he's always making us laugh. But one day we were at the grocery store and we were in an aisle just doing our thing. And in front of us, there was a man with a friend. The man had crutches and one of his legs was amputated. So um, I see Stephen. Now, he was probably around five at this time. I see him just staring at that man. And you know, every kid, they, they say things that you just don't want them to say. And so I I tried to like, hey, what about this cereal? Hey, look at this. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get his attention off of this man. So within seconds later, with a nice, loud, clear voice, he says, hey, mommy, why does that man only have one shoe? And oh my gosh, I was mortified. Um, thankfully, this man and his friend had a great sense of humor, and they laughed about it, even though I was so embarrassed. But I thought it was so funny because it wasn't like one leg. He noticed that he only had one shoe. Life through the eyes of a child. Well, um, getting into some of the fertilizer that we were talking about, you know, we all have a little bit of baggage that we come in, in our adult life with, and that shapes what determinations we have as we begin our parenting. Um, and, and that's quite a process and a journey that God has to help us with. Um, Renee, talk a little bit about yours, and because uh, I know there's going to be a lot of moms here that relate to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick my story up with when I graduated from college. About a month after I graduated from college, I married my first husband, and um, we had our two girls within a quick period of time. Um, but within that time frame, he also became extremely verbally abusive and um, emotionally abusive and very, very controlling to the point where he also became physically abusive. And so I finally one day got to the point where I really don't think this is God's plan for me, so I need to get out. Um, and as I was then 27 years old and married, had two kids, probably heading into a divorce, and now I'm a single mom, um, God really had to navigate me through some struggles. Um, one of the things that he did teach me, though, is I really had to learn to forgive. And um, that was a struggle in and of itself, but God helped me through. I really had to forgive my ex-husband because we had two kids. We were going to have to interact no matter what in the future. So that was one thing that he really taught me about. And um, the other thing that I think is really, really important if anybody's going through this is um, because I came from a divorce home also, I was a little bit put in the middle between my mom and my dad. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that. And I made a conscious effort to not do that to my children. I wanted them to have as much of a stable and loving home as I could provide as a single mom. And I vowed I would never talk bad about the, my ex in front of them, um, probably to the point of 
no return because I, I waited until they were well into their adulthood and I, I actually took their cue. I asked them at one point when they were in their 20s, do you want to know about my story with your dad? And neither one of them are ready to hear it. So I didn't push it. Um, finally, it was about a month before Kristen was getting married, so she was well in her 30s, and I said, Kristen, I just really think it's important you understand where I came from as a mom, and you, you help validate um, that I went through a lot, but God you know, brought me through, and so I was able to tell both my daughters at that point. So I would just encourage anybody going through this that you really, really resist the temptation to talk bad about your ex. Yeah, and I think it was it was not easy for you because first of all, you had to make sure is it is it safe for them, and and you realized it would be safe for them. They could interact with their dad, and and they had a wonderful relationship that built. Uh, you modeled forgiveness, you modeled godliness, but then there did come a time where you thought, you know, they probably should know my story so that they could create their future with that in mind, but also respect you as a mom because um, you had sacrificed for them. And so there's a fine balance and that was done with godliness and with forgiveness and love and taste <laughs> as well. So great job. How about you, Terry? Yeah, um, for several years of my life, most of my life, I dealt a lot with um, depression and anger and uh, a lot of insecurities. And um, as I got into my adult life, I felt I masked it pretty good. I was like, yeah, I got this. I mean, I can bury everything and nobody knows my past. And um, man, was I ever wrong. <laughs> um, I finally, uh, after two years of saying, I need help, I need to go talk with someone because I'm obviously not working this out on my own and my own ability. Um, it took me two years and I finally ended up seeing some professional help. And I talked with a Christian counselor. And um, it was amazing because in those times of counseling, all of these things that I had buried for so many years, man, God just started to peel back layer after layer after layer because they were, those things that I had been dealing with and trying to bury and hide for so many years were really keeping me back from being the woman that God created me to be. And as I was still going through that, um, I then came across a book by Christine Kane, and it was um, called Unashamed. And when I, I, don't, I stumbled across it somehow, and man, was it a God thing, because as I read that book, God was able to peel even more layers, because um, the past, my life, um, all of those things that I had been carrying had tried to define who I was. And that was not at all who I was. But after reading that book, I realized what um, how God sees me and who he says I am. And, you know, I grew up in the church, so I knew those things, but it was in my head. And after that, it got in my heart. And man, once I knew who God said I was and how he thinks about me and how he loves me, um, talk about freedom. And so now me being a mom and having children at this time, I then was able not just to have that in my own life, but to begin to speak that into their life. So no matter what obstacle that they're facing, now they're little, they're eight and five, but they're gonna carry these tools, so to speak, all throughout their life. And it's just so crucial to know who we are in Christ as adults and starting even as children. 
It's everything. It, it, everything we do comes from that place. Well, if you've ever been on an airplane, uh, you know that they'll give you this speech at the front end of the flight where they say, now, if all the oxygen gets su uh, sucked out of the cabin um, and these masks drop out in front of you, put yours on first and then assist the others around you. And so us moms know how incredibly guilty we would feel if we actually did that, but it's actually really good advice because you kind of have to be breathing to help others breathe. <laughs> and yet in motherhood, um, depending on how you were raised and what was modeled before you, sometimes uh, we have a very difficult time understanding that we have to be healthy spirit, mind, and body in order to create a healthy family, you know? And you've heard that saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't no one happy. Um, but there has to be a certain level of health. And so let's talk a little bit about how has that journey been for you. Um, Stephanie, you know, how do you get the oxygen? Uh, and how good at, you, at that are you? And what's that been like for you? Well, when I'm in an airplane, I don't listen to what they say. I don't uh, look at the card. I'm, I'm not paying attention. So unfortunately, I actually did that in my life a little. Um, I came from a home where there was uh, physical and emotional abuse um, and never toward me. But um, I viewed that growing up as um, an individual in the home not being able to control their surroundings. So I took it to the opposite the extreme and decided to control everyone one all the time, <laughs> spouse, job, kids. Um, and that's not the direction that was healthy for me or for my family, um, especially when, as my boys start to mature, um, the, the need to control actually put a roadblock or a barrier up at, at different points in our relationship. Um, and what I found is it caused me as a mom, as a parent, as a, a spouse, to actually become physically ill. So I've had stages in my life where the stress and the needing to be in control or what I, I coined as um, control the gateway drug to perfectionism, which I also had that too, um, uh, it, it caused me to actually physically get ill. And I had to start to think about what I needed to do um, as it relates to self-care so I could in turn make sure that I was being the mom that God wanted me to be. And so I did, and am still working on trying to do things for self-care. Something as simple as taking time to sit back and read a book or um, taking a yoga class. I would do it as a video instead of actually physically going to the class because I felt that I was... It, I was condemning myself for even doing anything outside the home. Um, so what I've started to do is start to take that time for myself and know that by doing that, it helps me to be a better mom, wife, Christian person. And it's such a big deal. I, I talk to a lot of moms that are kind of um, my age and up that have a harder and harder time with any kind of self-care. Um, Renee, how about you? You were you know, raising, you were a single mom. That had to be challenging. It was. <laughs> Um, I get my oxygen from, um, I love to run, and so um, I do a lot of that, and I obviously love to be on the worship team, and I also um, perform and direct in musical theater. But as a single mom, I had to learn that there are certainly seasons when maybe I could stuff that stuff into my schedule and maybe seasons where I shouldn't. Um, and you can look at seasons in two ways. One being, like I said, 
you know, maybe this season right now isn't good to be able to do something like that, but maybe in a year or maybe in a month I can pick that back up again. But the other way to look at seasons is, um, you know, God showed me that what do seasons do? They change, right? So the hardships and the struggles that you're going through, take heart. This too shall pass, and spring and summer are coming. So that was helpful. Tony, how about you? Um, this is a lesson that I'm still learning, um, and I'm grateful that I have mentors around me and even the young um, women of this ministry. Um, but for my generation, it was my mother who raised me, and they sacrificed a lot, and they they would not spend money on themselves. They and if they did, it was very little and very few times. So it was something I grew up in, and now at the stage and age that I'm at, I'm enjoying some of the things um, that I'm learning, and one of them is to. to really take care of myself. Um, and some of the things that I've learned to do is, um, how many of you moms know when you're raising children and you're going through and you're running in and out the door with them, that baths are out. I mean, they just really are out. Bubble baths are out. You're in the shower, barely get to brush your teeth. But I'm at a stage where I get to enjoy that or to read a book or learn to sit still or even spend a little bit of money on myself where I go get a massage that helps me physically and releases some of the stress in my body or a nice just to make me feel good about me. You know, I want to say to the moms out there that have something very, very crisis-oriented going on in your life or catastrophic, um, the, the more it's, uh, the less it seems necessary because you are going through so much, the more it is probably necessary that you find some ways to recharge your battery. If you are going through a time, if you are raising a child that is having uh, special needs or a lot of difficulty, or you're going through a season like Renee talks about, you really need to find little ways to charge your battery, even if it just means that a way to find a time to light a candle, take a bubble bath, or read a book, or do something, even if it's just for 20 or 30 minutes. It's just so necessary, and it helps us to reach out and help our families. Um, okay, here's a biggie. None of us moms want to see our children suffer. And, and yet it's a part of life. Um, there are all kinds of ways that they suffer. Terry, share a little bit about what you've had to deal with and how God is helping you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my daughter, um, she's five right now, but uh, when she was two weeks old, she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. Now, if you don't know what that is, because I know I didn't, um, it is a genetic disease, and it affects the lungs and the pancreas. So when I got this news, like I said, she was just two weeks old, and I did the worst thing ever. I was like, I don't know anything about this. So I looked up online, and as I was looking up online, I saw the life expectancy of a CF patient which isn't good. Um, I saw how many of them need lung transplants. Um, I saw all of the struggles that they deal with day in and day out. Um, and the amount of fear that came on me was like nothing that I had ever experienced before. I remember I would look at her and instead of seeing this beautiful little baby that she was, I would look at her and all I would see and think of was the disease itself. And I remember one day she was eight months old and I heard God say to me, that's not who I created. That's, I didn't, that's not who she is. And my eyes were opened, and I began to see this beautiful girl that he did create. 
And through all of that, the scripture came to me in Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, plans with a future and a hope. And I remember I just felt that, I just heard that verse in my mind, and I said, I started speaking that over her. Yeah, she has a future and she has a hope. God has plans for her. And it really helped me in that moment and also just speaking that over her. And through all of that, though, that fear, man, I could not deal with it on my own. So I also uh, seeked help um, with counseling again because the fear, it was, I just couldn't handle it. And, you know, I say to anybody who has. Uh, a child with some kind of an illness or challenges, you know, it doesn't always have to be physical. Sometimes it can be other things, but you know, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, the amount of energy sometimes it takes day in and day out when you're dealing with them. You know, I, I just want to say to be patient with yourself, man. We as parents, you know, I remember when my son was born and I would, I, he was new. We were in the hospital. It was the first night and he was crying and I'm crying because I can't make my baby stop crying. <laughs> and here, all it was, was I'm new and I have to learn. And we as parents, be, be patient with yourself because you have to learn these new seasons, these new challenges, but most importantly, just to lean on God. That's awesome. I, I know there's a lot of people that are going through those kind of things. Stephanie, talk about your story a little bit. Yeah, so our my boys aren't, um, there's not a physical issue like the cystic fibrosis, but um, what my boys have to deal with is they're black men in America. Um, I often say to myself, how much does God love me that he would trust me enough to raise these men of God? Um, so I, I, when we raised our boys, we had to raise them in two different ways. We had to First, put faith in them, make sure that they understood who they were in Christ, who they are in Christ. Um, but we also had to raise them as black men in America. Um, just this week, there was a federal uh, law, a federal bill passed uh, around um, how boys of color are disciplined at a higher level than other, other, other children in the classroom. And through my work this year, I helped pass this, um, work um, with a senator to pass a bill around around how um, to eliminate the amount of discipline that takes place for brown boys uh, as early as pre-kindergarten. So there's that stereotype that they have to live with. Um, one of my sons frequently, as he would drive home from Kent State, would call and tell me that he got stopped by the police. Um, one time he was stopped because the car was reported stolen. Now it was my car. I didn't report it stolen. But each time there was a new story um, or the, the car was painted a different color than it said it would paint was painted. So, so I've had to teach my children or my boys that they had to not only be educated, but be well educated. They didn't have the luxury of acting out in the classroom. But through all of that, the most important thing um, that we put front and center is the fact that they were children of God, um, that the Lord loved them, and that's the first example that they had to set. I love that, and I think that in some way, all of us moms will watch our kids go through different things, and, and if we, like Stephanie, yes, we're teaching them um, earthly wisdom, but we're always keeping first foot forward the fact that uh, the Bible God 
has created them a certain way. And uh, we forgive because we're the children of God. We love because we're the children of God. And we do things a certain way because of that. And so that, uh, that will cover all of us in how we parent our children. So let's finish up with this subject. Um, we moms are pretty hard on ourselves, and sometimes we can see society can be pretty hard on moms as well. We know that what comes across in the media, there's a, an impossible um, paradigm of perfection that is laid out before us. And um, But the worst critics we often face are ourselves. Talk about how, um, how do we deal with being our own worst critics, and what does that look like? Uh, yeah, we are, as women, our own worst critics, and um, I have the opportunity of sitting with women on a regular basis, and I hear their words, and I hear their stories, but then um, what I think myself, as well as many of us women, didn't realize is that our past or an event that took place in our life um, altered how we think. And it wasn't the way that God wanted us to think. It wasn't the way God wanted us to look at ourselves. And so the challenge for us is to be able to hear those words that we speak or the labels we put on ourselves and be able to look at each label and each word that represents that label and ask the why behind it. And when we can, when we can kind of determine where that's coming from, then we have the power of God's word that changes us from the inside out. It changes the way we think. Um, so for us moms, we do label something like, gosh, I'm not a very good mom. Or how about to moms who didn't come to know the Lord until their children were gone? Gosh, I missed out on an opportunity. I, I could have done this. I could have done that and have regrets. Um, I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not this or that. We label ourselves based on the environments that we came out of. And yet God says, I don't want you to look at the environment that you came out of. I want you to look at the environment I've placed you in now. Terry mentioned that he had plans in the scripture in Jeremiah 29, plans to prosper us and not harm us. And so if he doesn't want to harm us, and if he is for us, who can be against us? Then when we look at those labels and we get into his word, those things can change who we are. And they can then in turn change how we parent, whether they're young children teenagers or even our adult children we're no longer going from a place of those labels that were not what God said we are but from the words and the power that he put in us and then we navigate into health and we become free Tony you said something so interesting but your daughter Gabby experienced some physical challenges talk about how you criticized yourself yeah. for that um, at one point in my daughter's life, going from eighth grade summer into ninth grade, uh, my daughter ended up having uh, grand mal seizure. And she began to have them very frequently. But it was interesting to me because the very first thought that came to me um, after we had gone to the hospital was, I, as a woman of God, I went before the Lord and I said, what did I do? Why did this happen? How, what is in my life that this happened to my precious daughter? And the Lord began to, as I quieted down and spent time with him, he said, Tony, why do you think this is about you? Why do you think that you did something that harmed her or harmed my heart 
that I would do this. I'm not the God of disease. I'm not the God of sickness. But you live in a broken world where things happen. And what the enemy meant for harm, I can turn around and use for the good of the kingdom of God, as well as establish her and your, your faith in me in a stronger way. And he said, when she has walked through this process, what will happen is you will see your daughter emerge as a mighty woman of God, and nothing will move her again from me, nothing at all, because she will have experienced through the pain and the process who I am and what my word declares about her. And that is exactly what has happened. And to this day, she is that exact woman that he said. This weekend, she is actually teaching at their church. She is the camp, her and her husband are campus pastors. And so she will be ministering to the women. And um, But she has in turn learned those things and now is passing them on to her children. So it was interesting to see how we can take a negative situation, label ourselves, think it's about us, and God can say no. That's and not you know, it. It, it was clear that that was not Tony's fault. But what if you find yourself in a situation where something was your fault? Hey, just say you're sorry. Say you're sorry to your child. Say you're sorry to yourself. Say you're sorry to God. And forgive yourself, too. Stephanie, why don't you finish us off by talking a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, just segueing on what uh, Tony said about labels. Um, another label, I think, um, just the word enough period. Um, women, especially women who work um, or women who stay at home. It d just depends. Oh, as a working mom, you often feel, I'm, I'm a working mom, often feel as if um, I'm not there enough. I'm not um, on point. I'm not doing what I need to do for my child. I'm not spending enough time with that child. And I know plenty of uh, stay-at-home moms who feel the exact opposite. So how, when is my life going to get started or what am I going to do when it becomes an empty nest? So no matter what situation you're in, as a woman, you're often pulled one way or another, never feeling like you are enough. But we need to recognize that we are enough in Christ. Um, and it's not what we do, um, the time that we spend necessarily with our kids, because you could be with your child 24 hours a day and they not turn out the way they perhaps could or should. Um, but, but if you're spending that quality time with your child, that's what the Lord is looking for. And that's what your child is looking for from you. Yeah, it's just so important to find out what is what seems right to you in your prayer life with God. What is he leading you to do in this season? And you take your best shot at it. Do it with your whole heart, and he'll lead you and guide you. And let's call that good, because anything that is worth doing is going to cost you something. And you're raising a child that's worth doing, but it's going to cost you something. So if you're working, you're missing something at home. If you're at home, you're missing something at work. There's no ideal situation that doesn't have some kind of a cost. So let's just make peace with that, that important things cost something. And let's just follow God with our whole heart and do the best we can. Well, listen, guys, can we give it up for our wonderful panel? Thank you so much. You guys are so full of wisdom. And we're really grateful for you. Pastor Joe's going to come on up. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Father, we do thank you for the panel. We thank you for your blessings coming upon each of them. And Lord, we thank you for the moms that are here right now. We thank you for the life that was ministered. And Lord, we just ask and pray your blessings upon them. We thank you for ministering life to each and every one of them. We thank you for gracing them for the time 
of motherhood that they're currently in. And we just thank you for being God in every one of their lives. We love you, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're praying. You know, maybe someone invited you to Mother's Day weekend here at Believers. And here you are. And we just sat through something I think that was awesome and amazing. But as we're in an attitude of prayer, I just want to ask you a question. And that question is real simple. What have you done with Jesus? Because we kept hearing over and over how he's helping all these moms. He helps us dads. He helps all of us walk through and do what we need to do. You know, Jesus himself said this. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm simply asking, what have you done with Jesus? Listen up real close. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, important things. But you can do that and not know Jesus. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, and I accept you and make a decision to follow you? If you're here and you say, I can't, why not, why not make it tonight? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come out of your seat. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, my heart's touched today. I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to allow him to save my soul. Would you pray with us right now? Everyone else in the room, would you just help them pray? Just If you're praying this for the first time, just repeat after me and mean it. The rest of us, let's help them out. Let's also repeat what I say. And just say this from your heart. Say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior. And this weekend, Mother's Day weekend, I see Jesus as the Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for giving your life so I can live. And at this moment in time, I make a decision to follow you. I believe you're the Son of God, Savior of the world, and I accept you as my Savior. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Again, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come out of your seat. If you pray that for the first time, it's absolutely amazing. Miracles happen. You may not have felt anything. But God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's absolutely amazing. Heaven's your future destination. God's your father. But something else is happening right now in heaven. The Bible teaches us that only one thing causes all of heaven to celebrate. And you know what that is? Someone giving their heart to Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.